In the beginning, God, Elohim, established Genesis. Does our kingdom constitution explain the first model of a kingdom? Please follow along with an open heart, mind, and Bible as we rediscover the words of the scripture through the context of the time it was written. Greetings to the Kingdom Citizen. I'm your host, Glenn Cruz, and as an ambassador of the Kingdom of God, I'm so honored and excited to be with you again, as it is the will of the King, both politically and biblically, because we represent a government that is the Kingdom of God. Welcome again. I hope each of one of you who, uh, Find the time to listen was granted an excellent week last week. And I I hope that you had time to rediscover God and rediscover the scriptures and and follow the Holy Spirit in which he led you to to study some of the word uh, through a different lens. And uh, I hope each one of you are looking forward to spending a little bit of more extra time with your family and friends. uh, as this is the week of Thanksgiving. So, uh, blessings to each of you. Well, let's hop right into the word today. Uh, let's get into first a recap before we hop into uh, Genesis. We're going to start in the very first chapter of Genesis today. And hopefully you'll learn how I end up getting in, going into a deep dive, you know, as I talked to one of my, my brothers, uh, early last week, he mentioned to me, he, he, he's been getting his Berean on. So, you know, I want to ensure that, uh, you know, we, we stay in that format of getting our Berean on and, uh, hopefully you guys will continue to follow along. So, uh, Let's just do a quick uh, recap. And in order to for a concept to be understood, we all must first agree that the terms and definitions have the same meaning. This is really how the differences of concepts arise. Right. So if we have a different understanding or a concept of a, a terminology or something that's being utilized, we tend to come up with a different conclusion. So we, uh, we want to ensure that we're all on the same page and we agree with that. You know, and if you disagree, then as long as you can prove to me that I'm wrong, then I, I, I will, you know, I would submit to that. Uh, I'm not saying that I, I have all the right answers, but what I am saying is I've taken the time to do the research. And sometimes if I don't have enough information, I will come up with the uh, incorrect conclusion. And uh, that's not the intent of the Holy Spirit, but I am human and sometimes I make a human error. But this is where God helps us, you know, to discover what truth is. When we research, we search and then we ask God to provide wisdom for that. So according to definition and study of kingdoms last couple of weeks, a kingdom must have one, a king or a lord. And or and a Lord, it's a sovereign ruler, 
Two, a territory, which is a domain. Three, a constitution, which is a royal covenant. Four, a citizenry, which is a community of subjects. Five, the law, which is acceptable principles. Six, privileges. These are the rights and benefits of a kingdom. Seven, a code of ethics. This is an acceptable lifestyle and conducts. Eight, an army, which is the security state. A commonwealth, which is the economic and security of the kingdom. And ten, a social culture. This is the traditions and protocols, protocols of, of the and procedures of the kingdom so that's that's the lens we want to look everything that we move forward uh, and discover in the bible we want to look through that lens you know i I understand we have a a lens that we're that we've already established a viewpoint but in order to understand over what I consider and many others scholars consider the biblical overarching theme of the Bible which is kingdom okay so um, so now that we have a reference point let's just start in uh, Genesis you know because our constitution which is the Bible will lead us to all truth. And remember, God has one revelation for us to see, and it should be the same, okay? It's how we get there which creates a different experience. Now, we have different experiences that we can share with each other on how we we get to the same destination. You know, the scenery and all those things will look different, and how we get there looks different. But it all helps people who are or haven't gone through it or are still traveling through it to get to the end, you know, it helps them get there. It gives them hope to get there. You know, so nothing under the sun is new. However, it does get discovered. And if it's never been seen before, then that means we've discovered it. And someone has discovered it. You know, so the very first sentence explains in the Constitution explains this theory. So let's let's start with Genesis Chapter one, verse one. And it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, let's take a closer look at just that that sentence. There's a lot there to unpack, and it doesn't seem like there may not be. But if you just went through and did a. A word study on each one of these words, you'll find a lot of things that are that are pretty fascinating. So, you know, when you say in the beginning, for example, in the beginning just means it's the first. When you look up beginning, that that term means first. And then there's a comma. It starts out with a noun, which is God. Right? So let's just, if you look up that word God that means the name of God that's used here actually in the Hebrew is translated as Elohim all right that term Elohim is actually utilized 
2,346 times in the Bible, but it's also used 244 times with a little g. So this is why context is important, right? A little g just means false gods or other gods has the exact same meaning when you look it up, but the context of it makes it different depending on the audience who's being spoke to and how it's actually written. If it's written with a capital G O D versus a little G O D. Right. So I was like, okay, well let me break down Elohim. After I looked at it, God utilizing this sentence is actually a noun and it's a plural noun that's utilized. It's not in the singular. It's in the plural. So that right there sparks interest for me. So it's like, okay, if God is in the plural and it's utilized in the plural here, does that give a hint of the triune of the Trinity, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Well, let's, uh, let's just take a deep dive into the word. It says here, you know, in the English, whenever we utilize a word, and we want to make it plural, we add an S to it. So, for example, a cat becomes cats. That means, you know, you have one cat versus many cats. Or a book becomes books, you know, etc. But along in the same lines, when the Hebrew nouns are, are made plural, you add the I-M to it. So God, which is Elohim in Hebrew, is plural. So that makes God plural, which created the heavens and the earth. So it's just given a hint. It doesn't spell it out. But when you do a word definition, it would it would tell you that. God, he is the overall person who created heaven and earth. But there were others with him, which was the Holy Spirit and the son. Which is very, very fascinating when when you when you look at it, because that means each person in the triune had something different to do, but they did it all in unison. When going through and creating everything in chapter one of Genesis. And we'll kind of establish that as we continue to move along. Okay. So let's look at the next word, which is created the heaven and the earth. Now the next word that stands out to me is created. And when you actually Go back and you start to look at that word in the Hebrew. It means bara, bara, which is a verb. And that means to create out of nothing. And only God can do that. Only God can create out of nothing. You know, we tend to say, oh, you know, when we patent something, for example, we created that. But technically, 
we didn't actually create that. We discovered it. Right. Because creating means that you actually took nothing and made something. But in terms, we typically don't do that. We take things that have already been created, put them together to to create or to make something new. We discover something that no one else has discovered yet and we make a patent of it and then we become owners of it and we sell that. Right. So that's how we become owners of something. When we create it or we we purchase it and we we establish ownership and then we can actually say, okay, this is this is something that I own. This is something that I created and now I am selling that to everyone else right so that's how you know in terms capitalism you know which is a a a topic within itself uh it's pretty much established in our system or the world system you know not in the kingdom system but in the world system because you only have two systems it's the world and the kingdom that's it you know, and I think a lot of times we, we intermingle the two. But let me get back on topic. So um, that word cr- created, you know, when you look back in at, at science, you know, the Big Bang Theory and uh, Einstein's uh, steady, steady, uh, steady state model. You know, they discuss about, you know, the beginning of the origin of the of the world and of the earth. And it, it doesn't require it didn't require God. You know, they, they utilize that the Big Bang Theory uh, established that, you know, and that's they have major um, inconsistencies as well as I studied and read. But we won't get into that because, you know, those those types of debates, you know, those can kind of go on forever. But I'm not here to debate anything. I'm just here to discover truth from the Bible, of the Bible. You know, the Bible is truth, but, you know, on the surface, when it's read, you know, it's like a parable. The secrets are hidden behind it, and that's where we're as uh, citizens are trying to reach behind the scriptures to, to do that. So uh, when, when you look at, let's look at two other important verbs that are used, you know, in, in Genesis. The verbs are, while we're doing this, the verbs are asa, which means to make or fashion or fabricate, and yasta, which is to form, right? So those are actually two different terms, which are two different things. And in Isaiah 43, you know, I've read through the Bible once or twice in its entirety, Uh, just never, you know, none of, a lot of verses just didn't make sense to me. So, but as you go back and you start rediscovering things and looking at researching scripture you 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 see a different you see things in a different light 
So let's turn to Isaiah 43 and 7. And it actually uses in this context, it uses all three verbs. It says, um, and we'll go, we'll start in Isaiah 6. It says, I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from the afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, who I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. Bring him out of the blind, people who have eyes and deaf, who have ears. I find that very, you know, that's creating out of nothing. It's quite distinctive from forming or shaping, right? Creating the clay is quite different than simply sculpting the clay. So when we, when God created the heavens and the earth, he did something that was totally new. This was from out of nothing. And when we compare kingdom to that, this is someone who is creating something that owns something, establishes a territory, which creates the beginning of a kingdom, right? This is one facet or one, one of the, I would say the 10 ingredients to a kingdom, right? So God created the heavens and the earth. He established ownership. That's all the time we have for today. And next week we'll start in verse two of, uh, of Genesis and, and begin to just kind of break that down even more. But, you know, take some time this week and go through verse one and just grab a great understanding of that. Research it for yourself and, and get an understanding. But the Citizen Podcast wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't end it with, with the altar call. And if you have ears to hear the call of God at this moment, and has asked you to be willing to submit to him and become a part of the kingdom, repeat this after me. Say, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. That's Romans 10 and 9. And if you said this, and you repeated this after me, this is a deep personal conviction without reservation, that Jesus owns me and everything I have. He is the master and sovereign ruler of my life. And this phrase includes repenting from sin, trusting in Jesus for salvation, and submitting to him as Lord. This is the volitional element of faith. Until next week, Kingdom Citizens, may the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you all. And if you receive that call, please share with me. I would love to celebrate you and welcome you to the kingdom that God has established. Have a great week.